In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. We all speak. Five. The world inside someone's mind is based on five languages. Sight, sound, smell, taste, and feeling. Think about each one of those as a language. Sight, sound, smell, taste, and feeling. The world each person sees and lives in is really the world inside their head. It's important to know this one. We all make the mistake of seeing things the way we want them to be instead of seeing things the way they really are. There was a time I could see, and I have seen. Boys like these, younger than these, their arms torn out, their legs ripped off. But there is nothing like the sight of an amputated spirit. There is no prosthetic for that. You think you're merely sending this splendid foot soldier back home to Argonne with his tail between his legs, but I say you are executing his soul! It's not your fault or anyone's fault. It's just that's how we're raised. That's how we are taught to interpret the world. And once you start using this technique of of saying, okay, is that true? You know, on my left arm, I have a tattoo of Socrates. And every time I look down, I see Socrates staring at me. It's funny because my daughter always asks, Dad, who's that? I have to tell her it's Socrates. What do you, why, why did you get him on your arm? Well, here's the reason. Every time I see Socrates, I think of the question, is that true? Is that true? You should think of that question. Anytime someone ever says anything to you, I want you to instinctually and subconsciously ask yourself the question, in your mind, is that true? If it 
If it's not true, then you don't even have to answer that person. If it's not true, you could think of a fun answer to say. You could think of something silly to say. You can say nothing at all. If it's not true, it doesn't matter. If it is true, then there's a different set of answers that you use. It's a different set of thinking that you can use. Right? Then you're going to go to the next step and have to evaluate the level of concern that that particular comment or that particular question or what that person is trying to convey to you. But it backs up the point. The world each person sees and lives in is really the world inside their head. The next key point. The world each person sees and lives in is really the world inside their head. The next key point. The world each person sees and lives in is really the world inside their head. Is really the world inside their head. Is really the world inside their head. People often favor one sense or mode over the others. So they are more visual, more auditory, or more kinesthetic. It's important. You should, you should know which one you are. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. Once you find out which one you are, try and work to build up your knowledge in the other ones. And you can do that by, if you are a visual person, spend a little bit of time with a blindfold on listening to an audio book. If you're an audio person, try and put some earplugs in and just take a few moments to see the world as it is. Or you could use the television if, if you're you could use a television for this too. Blindfold yourself and listen to the TV with just your ears. Or you can put earplugs in and just watch the people. Or turn the sound off and just watch the people. When it comes to your body, I recommend just... For me, I like to do an exercise where sometimes before I go to bed, I'll just lay there. And I will, with my eyes closed in the quiet darkness, I will think in my mind, feel your fingertips. Can you feel your fingertips. Can you feel the tips of your toes? Feel your calf. What's that feel like? And when I say that, I'm not taking my hand down and touching them. I'm just in my mind's eye trying to locate that part of my body. And once you tune into it, you can feel your heart racing. You can feel the blood being pushed to your fingertips. If you concentrate on that, you can do it. Next key point is what people remember is a moving target. It shifts each time someone calls up a memory. I think most people are aware of that. 
Every time you rethink something, you're reconstructing that memory. It's never the same thing that happens. You're mixing and matching every time you recall something. It's like that game of telephone. Remember that when you were a kid, one person says something, by the time it makes it around the circle, it's something totally different. The next key point. Our minds can recall what we specifically experienced and combine remembered elements to create new imagined experiences and ideas, which are critical to change and innovation. This one is tricky. Have you ever met someone that is a... They're a liar. What's the, what's the term for that? Habitual liar? They lie about everything. Sometimes for no reason at all. You're like, I, I, I know you didn't do that. I've known some people like this in my life. And it's, it is maddening and fascinating and incredibly odd. A compulsive liar. That's what it is. Like they just lie to lie. Now we all lie. I get it. But you know who I'm talking about. You've all known someone like this. I've gone some, down some rabbit holes where I've just sat and thought to myself, why does that person do that? And the conclusion that I came up with is the same reason everybody else lies. They want to see the world a certain way. They want to believe something, so then they lie about it, so they're allowed to have that belief. I'm the tallest person in the world. Right? You guys know that's bullshit. I'm the best looking person in the world. That might actually be true. Come on, guys. That might be true. You know what I mean? But you get my point. Another key point on this is that if you want to tell a lie, if you want to convince people that what you're saying is true, even though it's not true, then you must first get yourself to believe that lie. That means you need to stand in front of the mirror and lie to yourself until you believe that lie. You need to change it in your head so that it's true. You see, this is a sinister yet also incredibly effective technique you can use to make your life better because the brain doesn't know between what's actually true and what's a lie. So if you can convince yourself that something's true, pow, it is true. But it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And that's a part of neuro-linguistic programming. You should do these exercises so that you can better understand how to use neuro-linguistic programming on other people if that is your choice. If you want to program other people, if you want to be a social engineer, if you want to be someone who can influence people, you must truly understand how to influence yourself. And the techniques you will have to use to be good at this are going to change you as a person. So be careful. A lot of times what happens is people start to begin using these techniques and they get good at them. And then all of a sudden they start using them in their daily lives and they use them on the people they love. And they, they get so good at it that they just use them to use them to get what they want instead of understanding that this is a technique people should use to better their life. The next key point. Consciously using mental sticky notes is a powerful way to strengthen positive mental states and diminish negative ones. You know what I mean? You know, you know what that is like a mental sticky note? Just do this. 
every time I find myself opening the fridge in the middle of the night, every time I put my hand on the door to open it, I'm going to remember that I shouldn't do it. So you just create a mental sticky note. When my hand's on the door, I know it's bad. When my hand's on the door, I know it's bad. When my hand's on the door, I know it's bad. When my hand's on the door, I know it's bad. When my hand's on the door, I know it's bad. After you've done that like five or six times, you've created that mental sticky note. And now when you put your hand on the door, it's bad. Right? So that's the mental sticky note people are talking about. I think I, think I might leave it there for today. Let me just read through a little bit... Just a little few more notes without any commentary that you guys can think about. Experience has structure. It consists of sensory impressions. Some are internally generated and others come from the outside world. That blend plus the meanings we add makes up our individual experience. People are like map makers. We make internal representations of personal experience. People's maps are made up of pictures, sounds, feelings, smells, and tastes. There are the languages of the senses that our brains use to record our experience. The map is not the territory. Each of us creates a personal map. It's our world, not the world. People respond to their maps of reality, not to reality itself. All thoughts, memories, recall, imaginings, daydreams, fantasies can be called maps. They are what we respond to. If you change someone's map, their emotional state will change. To all of us, the map is the experience. Maps are the source of emotions and beliefs. Our feelings change when our maps do. Some maps are out of awareness. We are unaware of some of the maps that we have made. It takes language skills and sensory acuity to identify these maps. They are in the unconscious. Behind every behavior is a positive intention. That's super important to think about, guys. When we seek the outcome behind the behavior, we will find a universally shared need like love, safety, self-respect. There is no such thing as an inner enemy, yet there are frequently clumsy or misguided inner friends who have positive intentions for us but tend to repeat inappropriate or outdated patterns of behavior. Choice is better than no choice. No choice means slavery or robotic behavior. Having choices in any situation gives each of us the freedom to change and grow. Choice gives us more. People always make the best choices available to them at the time. We do the best we can in the moment, and we might be happier and more effective if we had more choices available to us. A system's most flexible element has the most influence. When we have more choices, we have more influence and more ways to get our desired outcome. The meaning of any communication is the response it gets. Communication is not a solo act. It doesn't matter what our intentions are. Communication is defined by the reaction it gets. People work perfectly to produce the results they are getting. If our results are not satisfactory, 
we can learn to develop more choices so we can get different results. Every behavior is useful in some context. Every capability exists for some useful reason. Anyone can do anything that anyone else can do. Since all human nervous systems are similar, except in the case of actual physical or mental limitations. We can model and learn each other's skills and attitudes. Monkey see, monkey do. Chunking, using small chunks to learn big stuff. People learn easily by breaking big subjects into small chunks. For example, these presuppositions are easy to learn if considering a few at a time. People already have all the resources they need. We either have the experience in our memory banks or we are capable of successfully imagining it. Then we can use it where it's needed. There is no such thing as failure, only feedback. We are always producing a result. If it's not what we need, we can use the unwanted result as feedback to guide us in experimenting with other choices. The quality of our lives is determined by the quality of our communication. How we communicate with ourselves creates our personal experience and how we communicate with others determines the way we are treated throughout our lives. That one is so important. I'm just going to read it again. The quality of our lives is determined by the quality of our communication. How we communicate with ourselves creates our personal experience and how we communicate with others determines the way we are treated throughout our lives. Mind and body are part of the same system and they affect each other. What each of us thinks affects our individual physiology as well as our health. And what we do to our bodies affects our feelings and thoughts. Communication is redundant. Didn't you just say that? I got you. You think you're so funny. Communication is redundant. Didn't you just say that? I got you. You're so funny. Communication is redundant. Okay, George, take it easy. People are simultaneously communicating in all three systems. Visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Positive change comes from adding resources. If what you are doing isn't working, try something else. Keep experimenting. You're not guaranteed success, but you can stack the odds. The only way to fail is to quit trying. I love you guys. Hope you enjoy this. We're going to try to hammer out some more offense, neuro-linguistic programming, so that we can strike against the people pushing out propaganda, so that we can better our lives, and then so we can better our relationships and help the people we love. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that 
I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.